and we come back and, uh, you know, have a little lively discussion about uh, this film. Yeah, Blake Lively. <laughs> it's, it's not really a reference if you just say the person's <laughs> name. That's why it's no, it counts. It counts. Yeah, you know, I'm going for it. Okay. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spoiler Warning Podcast. This is Review 350 with a review of Chappie. I'm Christopher Schneezy. I'm Carson Patrick. And I'm Stephen Miller. And if you're joining us for the first time, the Spoiler Warning Podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week on the show, we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest film releases coming to a theater near you this week. Uh, the episode's a little late, but uh, we're here to talk about uh, Chappie. We have our resident uh, CG hater, our resident robotics expert, and uh, our resident me, and uh, we're going to... Resident gonna... Uh, world building yes. in sister. <laughs> yeah, world building in sister. <laughs> and we're going to talk about a film... Found footage supporter. Yeah, we're going to talk about a film that contains, uh, you know, at least four seconds of found footage. Um, <laughs> it uh, contains a lot of CG and a lot of robotics. So, uh, and some world building. Some, some, some world building. You, you, <laughs> some world building. Someone could make the argument that there's some world building in there, but... Uh, uh, well, I guess there's world assembling because there's you know machinery that is building things. I don't know. Uh, but uh, how are you guys doing this fine late evening? Um, not late, but how are you guys doing? <clears throat> I was drinking, so I was counting on Steven to <laughs> say what he, how he was doing. I, I'm pretty sure Carson takes a drink right as I'm finishing up my uh, <laughs> uh, leading into you guys on purpose. Chris, I'm doing great. <laughs> Stock How answer. Are you? But, but before the podcast, did you upload great.dat to begin? Uh, it, it's 97% complete. I need a few more terabytes mm, of coding to gotcha. get it right. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe Patricia Arquette could help you with that. <laughs> you know, I hear she knows a thing or two about <laughs> oh, yeah. cybercrime. Yeah, even a few terabytes doesn't bother her. She just says, I thought there'd be more. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, I'm... <laughs> <laughs> just, just move on <laughs> This is starting out real well it even That t- was like a moderate to decent boyhood quote joke Got you I, I totally yeah. uh, don't remember the reference um, I even, It even took me till after Carson was already moving on To remember the Like four seconds Like not even four seconds Like four milliseconds Before he actually said the word cyber I was like oh yeah that's right The new CSI so yeah. I'm, I'm just, I'm not operating at 100% capacity right now. Oh, no. Mm. I uh, have this damn battery fused to my chest. Oh, <laughs> and uh, I'm uh, Baymax style. I'm a low battery. Mm. Well, that's what happens when you drink all weekend at a winery. <laughs> You're still over 20%, you right? So you can control things with your mind? Yes. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I, got, I got that reference. <laughs> I got it because you know, not you. I'm only using 10 percent of my that, brain. That, that, that was Lucy, right? <laughs> yeah, that was that was Lucy. Just making sure. It's actually the Lazarus effect. Uh, yeah, which I didn't see. Um, no, it was it was wasn't very good. But they did they did bring up the idea of like you know we only use 10 percent of our brains, and then like once 
Olivia Wilde comes back from the dead, she starts using, you know, like 100% and throwing people into lockers and, you know, shit like that. Turning her eyes, like, black. Wait, do they actually reference using more than 10% of the brain? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like Lucy meets Frankenstein meets Flatliners meets whatever other movie that involves that. Every other movie, pretty much, that involves that. Meets Box Office Bomb. Right, yeah, exactly. Meets, well, I mean, Chris may love it. It's got Mark Duplass in it. Could be and, number one and movie. And it's got Olivia Wilde in it, apparently. Right, yeah. <laughs> it's, all the, it's all the things that I love. <laughs> yeah, and uh, Donald Glover's in it, too. Don Glover. Very nice. Well, anyways. <laughs> I hope someone got that. I've never heard him called Don Glover before. Well, his That's Twitter nice. name is Don Glover. <laughs> get it? It says Don, Don Glover. He talked about it once. So <laughs> I figured, figured this was in the know. I guess not. It's like DeAnt word. Well, was that uh, before or after his big Instagram meltdown? Uh, that was before. Mm. I don't know. All right. Well, Chappie. <laughs> Starting off strong. Uh, well, I mean, no one's going to listen to this episode this late in the week anyways. Um, <laughs> or period. I don't know. <laughs> I have a thing I have to do tomorrow night anyways. So like, I'm going to edit this like Friday night, maybe, if I'm not going to see the next movie we're going to be reviewing. So <laughs> I don't know when this is going to go up. Uh, You're going to have to run all night to edit this together. Yep. S- you know, spoilers for next week. Yeah. Um, but uh, anyways, before we just like drive this, uh, this this beautiful little podcast of ours into the ground, what do you say uh, we we charge our batteries while our listeners take a listen to the trailer for Chappie and we come back and, uh, you know, have a little lively discussion about uh, this film. The deployment of the planet's first robotic police units became the focus of the world in 2016. Drop your weapons, you're under arrest. Vincent Moore is a former soldier. The problem with artificial intelligence is it's way too unpredictable. The scout's creator, Dion Wilson, sees a rich future. What interests me is a machine that can think and feel. I have a robot that is operated by a thinking human being. <laughs> we don't want this. It's expensive, it's big, and it's ugly. The scouts are a huge success. Stop worrying about these pet projects. I think I've cracked it. This is a new kind of life form, a new step in evolution. Chappie. It's like a child that has to learn. What's that? Chappie's book? Yeah, it's yours. Chappie's got stories. Chappie's got a book. Anything you want to do in your life, you can do. Write poetry, have original ideas. Chappie wants to paint. Wow. What in the name of the Lord? You little robot's a big problem for me. A thinking robot could be the end of mankind. Destroy that robot. Burn it to ash. There's something of great danger headed our way now. I don't want to die. I want to live. If you want to survive, Chappie, you must fight. Mayhem downtown as police have begun shutting down. My people. You 
think you're real. You don't get away with this. Be special! I am consciousness. I am alive. I am Jeppy. All right, so that was the trailer for Chappie. Uh, it is the story of, uh, you know, this, this little place called Johannesburg. You might have seen it a few movies ago. Um, but uh, they are ruled by a police force that is um, not manned, but is unmanned by these uh, drone people. And the drone creators, uh, or the, the drone's creator, uh, has this idea to create, uh, you know, maybe a robot that, rather than just being a really good police uh, officer, is actually a really good human thinky person who could actually respond emotionally and uh, psychologically in the way that a human could. What if he could create some awesome consciousness? And uh, there are some bad people, or a bad person, who maybe doesn't want that to happen. There are some other bad people who might want to use a robot to their will, and... Uh, yeah, a bunch of people do some crazy fighting in this film. And apparently, the entire world hates this movie. Um, so I think <laughs> we are going to get into a discussion about whether that hate is founded or if it is something that uh, should be deleted and uh, reformatted into liking of the film. So what do you say, guys, we get into this? Okay, are we going to throw down our excitement levels before really getting into it? I'm pretty sure we were all excited going into the film, right? Because we were all huge fans of District 9, and uh, we like uh, Neil Blomkamp, at least going into the theater. <laughs> yes, yes. And I think that, you know, Elysium was uh, kind, of a, kind of a fail, but uh, I know that uh, you and I, Chris, both still praised it because it was cool to look at and fun. <laughs> I mean... The the it felt like a, someone had you know tried to do a District Nine and failed instead of the actual director of District Nine because there was a lot of stuff in it where at least I was like this is just so dumb like I was not expecting it to be so basic um but yeah yes but it, and it, it's I was... saved by it's saved by a lot of the Neil Blomkampian flavors like Charlotte Copley's character and you know exploding heads and stuff like that <laughs> yes. I, I felt pretty similar. I, well, though I did not like Elysium at all, <laughs> but still, like on the strength of District Nine alone, I was pretty into this movie. And by all trailers, it seemed like maybe a little more cheesy and openly emotional than District Nine. But still, it, it seemed like a very ambitious project. So I was totally into it. Yeah, I mean, I, I, we, we we've been talking about it uh, for a long time and we've been very excited about it and i think that if, if you're a listener to the show um going back more than like an episode or two you probably had a good idea that we were excited to uh see this film and uh but we saw it now so uh just real fast let, let, let's 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 break the news to each other on what we thought of this film before we get into like really reviewing it so start us off carson real quickly what do you fall on the hate like the rest of the internet or do you actually enjoy this film Oh, so I'm not going to give my full statement yet. Not full statement, just a quick, brief, rip the band-aid off, let us know what you think. I loved it. <laughs> that, was, that was very brief and quick, all right. Yes. Uh, Steven? I am very mixed about it, because I think a lot of it is a shit show, but I also think it attempts way more than most movies do, and it kind of makes me see why people like you could enjoy a movie like Lucy. <laughs> people like both of us? Yeah, people uh, like you, people. you, you dumb people. 
Well, uh, I uh, I think that this film is not uh, it's not so much as terrible as or sorry, it's not as deserving of the hate that everybody is, is spewing on it. But it is a series of missteps over and over and over again, and it's not really that good. Like I don't get why people are mad, but I definitely don't think it's a good film. So now that we put that out all on the table, uh, Carson. Give us your true, full, drawn-out thoughts and uh, save spoilers because I think we should probably have a spoiler section at the end, end of this episode to really talk about things. And I have a feeling that you'll just start blurting things out if I don't warn you ahead of time. Well, don't worry because this is going to be a spoiler-free analysis because I've pre-written out my statement as I've done the last two times. <laughs> so I don't sound like an idiot. Um, so here we go. Um, all right, hold on. <clears throat> <laughs> you know. Are you gonna do it in a ninja accent? I'm a ninja. Yo, my life is like a video game. My main thing when I'm in the zone. <laughs> Yo, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> you know, in America, it's bling bling. Over here, it's bling bang. You I, know. I don't, I don't know what that last accent was. <laughs> I was trying to see. That would be me trying to do Leo trying to do Afrikaans accent. <laughs> and that's what probably how bad it would sound. So anyway, um, so a couple of weeks ago on our review uh, for Jupiter Ascending, uh, I mentioned how great it would be to be uh, a fly on the wall of the Warner Brothers screening room after the first cut was showed. And um, the reactions were surely uh, <laughs> very worrisome. Um, but uh, I take it all back because the reactions to Chappie must have been met with uh very audible, loud uh, shits and f***s. Um, <laughs> so no wonder they had the most boring trailer because I think Sony was basically pulling the marketing marketing equivalent to Stranger Danger to do anything they could to lure people into the van and hope they liked what was really inside. Uh, I mean, it's been interesting to gauge the online criticisms around Chappie as they all seem to range from flat-out stupid to implausible and uh, most specifically, plot holes. Um, but, you know, this is all rather baffling to me because there's so much in Chappie to latch onto. It's bursting at the seams with something to be in awe over. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the fact this has a 28% makes me think that people went in thinking this was going to be like a super serious movie with political subtext and timely metaphors mixed with badass action and flashy effects like District 9. But those were clearly not Neil Blomkamp's intentions. Because it's obvious right off the bat that Blomkamp is letting his 80s childhood freak flag fly. And, uh, I mean, if you think about some of your favorite movies from the 80s and the early 90s, I think Blomkamp kneels the carefree aura of coke-fueled joy that radiates from those flicks. And, I mean, does anyone complain about the plot holes of something like Demolition Man? No! Because Taco Bell is the food of the future. Who f cares? And on top of this... Uh, Blomkamp has the creative balls to cast South African rap do duo D. Antword as themselves, which is a plus in my opinion, as it's an added dose of abrasive anarchy to a movie already so propulsive it's like a rocket on Viagra. Line. <laughs> um, I can see them definitely being a turnoff for people, but because um, they almost blur the line between for real and in on the joke. Uh, but I find it all quite entertaining because who else could have played these roles is my question. I think their presence and their performances only add to the movie's overall bizarre magnetism. 
If you remove them, things look slightly less appealing. Uh, and I think Neil Blomkamp clearly had a singular vision, and he executed it in his usual visually stunning style. Uh, the effects and the scale are huge, and I was once again very, very impressed, like I am on all of his movies. And it's hard to impress me in these in this day and age, I feel, in terms of all, you know, the quote-unquote resident CGI hater. Um, but, uh, I mean, like, the lifelikeness of Chappie uh, is straight-up amazing, and I think Charlottesville Copley gives a very, very awesome performance, and I think it's filled with true emotion, and I think I'll be alone on this for sure, but I think he out Andy Serkis Andy Serkis. Um... And uh, so, yeah, I mean, I cared for Chappie, uh, even though he was a creation, uh, just as, you know, Chris cares for fake apes and found footage and Steven <laughs> cares for craft beers and women not named Lucy. Uh, <laughs> we like what we like. And I like Koki movies, especially ones with foul mouth ninja star throwing gangster robots kicking it with the word scored with Space Mountain-esque electronic swagger by Hans Zimmer and featuring Hugh Jackman with a glorious mullet. So, hashtag Team Chappie forever. Hashtag I'm not drinking any f***ing Merlot. Hashtag boom. <laughs> I, I don't know what the sideways quote had to do with it, but that's awesome. <laughs> um, hashtag Segway. Well, Stephen Miller. But, but Before you jump in, Stephen, I just, I want to, you know, we went around and tried to get on the same page originally, but do any of us not think that Chappie himself was a success in this film? Uh, you mean the the creation of the character? Like, just like remove the plot, the story, anything else, and just look at Chappie himself. I think we all are in agreement that Chappie himself is a is a successful whatever. Yeah, totally. yeah. Because right. right, you. In in your in your uh, little monologue there, Carson, you were like making a statement as if like we would hate specifically Chappie, and I just I didn't think that was the case. So I wanted to. Well, I'll admit that was not my best performance, but uh, uh, no, I think that uh, I, I think the main thing is there's a lot to latch onto in Chappie the movie, and that if you don't walk away with at least something, even if it's not your cup of tea. Something that, you know, you could grasp onto and like about it. I think that, you know, you, you have to at least admire it for that. Um, even if you can't say that it's your cup of tea, I guess. But I, I think the the creation of Chappie, the character, is is awesome. Like, that is a wholly original character. And, like, the the CGI put into it to make him come to life, the motion capture performance and everything is truly awesome. Like I, there are a couple of scenes where I, I thought Chappie was real. Like there was like close up shots with him and Dev Patel. And I mean, it just, it looks amazing. I don't know how he does it. I don't know how he can get such great stuff, I guess. Cause the budgets are a lot lower and he's, yeah, I don't know, but, uh, it's like, I've, like I said, I'm always impressed when he puts down the, you know, the CGI and everything. Yeah. All right, well, I just I just wanted to make make sure that it was on the record that we all support Chappie, just maybe possibly not this film. <laughs> I support Chappie, Team Chappie yeah, forever. We're, we're all Team Chappie the robot. Yes, for sure. <laughs> yes. Um, so it, it, it's funny because I thought going into this, 
I was going to be the most positive. <laughs> like, I was pretty sure I was going to have to fight with Carson. And I don't know why, because I know he loves Coke movies. But, like, I just had a feeling because nobody liked Chappie, Carson wouldn't like Chappie. <laughs> um, but, yeah, like I said, I'm totally conflicted about this movie. Like, on the one hand, I'm going to admit I think it's kind of a shit show <laughs> on a lot of levels. Um but on the other hand, like I said, it just attempts so much more than most of the kind of like bland movies I've seen lately. It, it, it's a movie that I want to root for almost in spite of itself. Uh, so first, like the shit show aspect, I think I told Chris this weekend because we we broke our rule and we talked about this beforehand. Um, <laughs> a tiny bit. Tiny bit. Oh, no. We, yeah, we couldn't not talk about it at all. Yeah. Um, we were, we, were, we were in each other's pre- presence way too much to sit there and not. It was like the it was it was the robot in the room. It had to yeah, be. Discussed. How can two people hang out and not talk about Chappie? It just can't be done. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so anyway, it, there was a sense when Lots I was of watching tension with a dollar sign to not like, talk about it. Kind of like Lucy, there was a sense when I was watching this that I was like not really even watching a movie. Like <laughs> something about the pacing, like it begins so abruptly, and the ca- the casting choices are so like. Carson called it uh, like anarchist. I, w- I would just say it's very in your face. Like it's a movie that just opens up like a rap video kind of just like boom. This it's, is abr- it's abrasive. I, I think abrasive is a good way to describe Chappie. Yeah. And you seriously don't like a single human character, I think. Like, and nor do you believe them as human characters at all. Like, even Slumdog? Even, even Slumdog. I mean, so like Dev, Dev Patel was, of course, the most likable, but he also is kind of like very one-dimensional he's kind of a tool and he's totally like emasculated in this movie he's just shoved to the sidelines yeah um d for like i i know people are kind of mixed about them i thought like they gave the film an interesting style and an interesting charm but they just kind of came off as dicks that i didn't like very much for most of the movie um Hugh Jackman, I thought, had, like, just no motivation as a villain at all and Sigourney Weaver also didn't do anything like Character-wise, no one but Chappie, I feel like, is worth very much at all in this movie. But there is Chappie, and that's, like, what the movie's named after. <laughs> and he does... he I mean, he is the movie. like, And he captures the same kind of feeling that, like, Baymax or Toothless give for me, where there's just something so, like, pure and fun about watching him discover the world and learn and start interacting with other people. It's like... a this hard-on-your-sleeve, lovable, fully-fledged character. And every single moment he was doing something in this movie, I was happy I was watching it. Like, they just totally nailed him visually. They nailed his character. They nailed the emotional beats of him. Scientifically, I'm... I don't even need to weigh in on it because I feel like Neil Blomkamp, like, right away threw science out the window. <laughs> I, like, I, I was science. not... In a way that even Lucy, I was, like, annoyed by the faux science but here something about just the way the way it was shot and the way it opened made me think i am not supposed to take this seriously like this is not the point it's an allegory it's not a sci-fi um but okay so i said like his pacing is bizarre and his storytelling is as subtle as a giant robot ripping your head off <laughs> like like when he when awesome. he has when he has an idea like a moral that he wants to tell it is so clear. It's like a 10-year-old writing a novel or something. It's like, okay, why does this happen? Because humans are bad. Humans don't like Chappie. Humans mean 
they don't understand, you know, like it, it isn't even trying to be subtle or realistic. It's just very much a like there is a good guy and there are bad guys and they are going to fight and they're going to do just stupid things to make Chappie be in the situation that he wants Chappie to be in. But the ideas that he's swirling around, like every time I was ready to hate this movie, he'll throw out something like this amazing moment where Chappie is kind of questioning his existence and his creator and wondering about his purpose that honestly, like I haven't seen many movies outside of like Calvary reach things like that lately in terms of trying to hit something profound and something interesting. Um, and even though it felt like it was being told by a person who had no, no handle on subtle storytelling, I still like had to give props to those ideas and those moments that he threw out. Like, so even though the technology was pretty stupid, like consciousness dot dat being 97% compiled, all that stuff was just totally dumb. <laughs> but his vision of how tech should look and what kind of emotional questions arise from it, I thought was really well done. So it, it it's the kind of thing where there's so much that I hate about <laughs> this movie, or if not hate, at least that frustrates me. But the director is so on my wavelength in terms of what he wants to talk about and the things he has to say that, like, on a whole, I've got a kind of root for this movie as much as I can acknowledge it being pretty messed up <laughs> in parts. Uh, it, it blows my mind that critics loved a movie like Lucy but are unanimously hating a movie like this like I I don't understand what would cause that level of hatred yeah I, I don't get the hatred either um uh I your comparison to Lucy I, I I mean obviously I get why Lucy is fun and awesome um but I think going into Lucy you know what you're about to watch is a, like the premise of it is stupid as hell so when the movie has stupid as hell stuff in it you aren't surprised by it. You are like it. You're you're good to go. Like that. That's what you were there to see. I think Chappie um, sold us from the beginning a much more intricate story. And like I said in my little short blurb, uh, I like I I don't think that the film deserves all the hate for for those things that that Stephen was kind of cluing into about. You know, it's trying to do more than the average film, so you have to give it a tiny bit of credit. For me, it's mostly some some sort of ridiculous uh, story elements that really take me out of the film and make me really just disappointed at the missteps that the film takes. I mean, even even the scenes where it brings up great ideas, uh, it uh, it then just goes and like four seconds later jumps onto something else, and it's like it's not even a conflict anymore. Like there's there's a point in this film where. Uh, uh, Chappie feels betrayed by people that are close to him that he cares about. And in that, like, that's theoretically, like, for someone, especially with such a young mind like Chappie, uh, to to have sort of, like, your world shatter around you as, like, you think one thing and then you realize something is something else. Like, in a moment like that, that that's a pretty significant event to go through. And that's something that, like, should have ramifications that last longer than 30 seconds like they do in this film. Like, it seems like every time a, a, a something big or meaningful or important or a great conversation is brought up, then we jump to the next scene or we skip to um, a siren going off behind me. Um, I'm assuming you guys can hear that. It's the chappy police. Yep. Uh, but so it, 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 it's, I don't know. There's just so many things in the film that, that bug me from what they're trying to do. I mean, so, so here's, here's what the trailer sold to me. 
This, the, the trailer sold a story of um, a man who creates and or discovers this like sentient life inside of a robot and um, th- the pure existence of that um, robot with its own with it, with its own consciousness becomes a threat to people around us because everyone is scared of what would happen if a machine had consciousness and that isn't ever a, that 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 isn't even a part of this film at all one bit the conflict between the people who don't want Chappie to be um, sentient has nothing to do with what it, what does it mean if a robot has consciousness it has everything to do with um, one guy being sad that he doesn't make as much money as the other guy who's like a, a big old hero for making sweet tiny robots because he wants to make a big giant beast of a robot. Like Hugh Jackman's character could be completely jettisoned from this film and it would be a better film for it. Um, obviously, we couldn't have the big action scenes that we're going for, but it's just those type of things where it's like something is written into the story to explain a scenario in which some other plot beat can happen, but none of them, like, they're only dependent on the scene that comes before it. They don't actually work into the story in any way. And I think that, like, without going into spoilers, uh, there's just too many moments where you're like, okay, but why why was this happening? Or why did you just take that back four seconds after you put it forward? Or why, um, like, I don't know. It, it just seems like the film tries to do things because it wants to have this story beat, not because it is following a path to arrive at that story beat. It's like we put a few things on a, on a note card that said, okay, at some point we want this to be the subject matter, this to be the subject matter. And instead of like figuring out how many of those beats actually matter to the overall arc that they're trying to to uh, to tell, they just sort of like started connecting the dots between these note cards and then just wrote like the weakest thread that would connect them to each other. And I think and that... I, to- I totally agree with that, by the way. It, it, it seems like Neil Blomkamp has... He had these ideas that he wanted to address, and then the story was just like, eh, what the hell? Do, do something to make us get to that point. Yeah, yeah. And it, it, it's sad. Were you going to say something, Carson? Oh, I said this is the, exactly the kind of stuff that I figured you guys would be criticizing it for. The story elements, the plot. yeah. This is the I not yeah this is what this is what I thought would would go down for sure. <laughs> I mean I think I think I'm going to make a comparison that probably no one else is ever going to make <laughs> which is that this feels almost like how I feel about Richard Linkletter things where it's like <laughs> the emotional beats that he wants to hit are like so true and so impactful to me that I almost want to turn a blind eye to like the lack of substance elsewhere. <laughs> Just because, like, the thing, the the feelings that it evokes almost makes me be like, yeah, I'm with you. I'm right there. I'm rooting for you. Even though that was pretty stupid what you just did. <laughs> well, I, I, th- I think in, in, in that comparison, like, with the, with, with the Linklater stuff, like, I, the, the things he's trying to say are strong enough to support the bad stuff. In this, I feel like the things that he wants to say are, are afterthoughts to... Um, what ends up being the story as opposed like like it's not how can I best reach the point where I can talk about this subject matter it's like I want to hit the subject matter before the end of the movie oh I spent too much time doing uh, gangster stuff Um, I guess I'll have like a conversation between these two people real fast just to kind of like weave it back in and then go on to something else like there's literally a scene where um, where uh, 
some dog millionaire is screaming there is no off switch for these things they never turn off and then like four scenes later um uh, hugh jackman has like a device that he can just point at a robot to temporarily disable disable it it's like <laughs> it's like stuff like that where it's like there that makes like there is never a point where you should have two note cards one says like gun that can disable robots temporarily and one that says uh, robots cannot be turned off spoken by character and you not realize that those two things are in conflict with each other well i mean they can't be turned off you know literally but if you have a big stun gun then you can turn them off <laughs> yeah but like the it's that thing exists he has to know that 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 device exists like there's no way hugh jackman just like built that in between the scenes like, yeah but i i mean i feel like chappie is sort of like the a little more of a cohesive succinct version of prometheus where you know you could pick it apart and try to figure out like oh is this space jesus or what the hell is going on <laughs> uh or you can just watch it and on a surface level and be very entertained by it i mean i like prometheus like the first time i saw it because i was just enjoying it for like a, a a nice looking entertaining um and mostly silly sci-fi movie but i mean i mean you, once you start picking it apart like that like of course you're gonna find flaws i mean there's flaws in everything i feel like I feel like the driving force and the main focus that Neil Blomkamp was at least attempting with this movie was to create, uh, you know, I don't want to say that Lark is the right word, but it was definitely something that, you know, was just a a movie that was clearly a movie that was clearly born out of movies that influenced him as a kid because it has a very like childlike nature to it. Uh, and it, it has a, a feeling of, you know, playing with action figures as a as a kid you know it's almost like an r-rated children's movie <laughs> in, in a lot of ways well, I, well that's because d and ford are like r-rated children I think. Yeah, they are yeah pretty, i mean they, all their style is very you know kid-like and I, and i will i will go back to them real fast just just uh because i know that uh you know carson you were bringing up that people don't don't really feel that uh they were necessarily a good casting choice for that. Right. I um, mean, I can see that. Well, like they, they, like they, they bothered me in that I didn't like them. But, but as I said, I didn't know until after the movie was over when Carson was calling me a grandpa. I didn't know that they were like <laughs> a musical group. Um, so I just figured that they were cast to be those type of people. And I was fine with those characters. The person who bothered me was like the other drug lord guy that they were dealing with. That oh, guy was like a total cartoon character. Yeah, like the super hulked out, like <laughs> the I actual would actor. everything. Yeah. Oh, you're talking about you're talking about America, right? No, no, not America. Not, oh, not, okay. Not, not. Give me oh, more the other money. Dude. Yeah, the other dude. Yeah, 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 yeah. The other like African, South African dude. Yeah, yeah, that guy bothered the hell out of me. Like, I don't know what movie he was supposed to be in, but it was ridiculous. Well, I think Elysium. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was yeah. like Spider from Elysium, just like screaming all of his lines. He was somebody who ate the Elysium exoskeleton. He didn't. <laughs> he didn't get that you were supposed to put it on the outside, and he put it on his inside. Well, you see, I was fine with that dude because I mean, the whole movie is just you know silly like that i think but uh i i do feel like he is more on the end of the spectrum where if they had cast actual actors to play the parts of deantward it would look kind of more like that i yeah. feel like you know if matt damon was playing ninja's character <laughs> wouldn't come off as wouldn't come off as authentic you know which <laughs> it, which is funny because neil blomkamp wanted ninja 
uh, for the Le- for Matt Damon's role in Elysium, but I guess scheduling it didn't happen but i mean <laughs> i can't that imagine crazy that, i can't imagine that saving that movie at all no i mean it it would have just added more to the bizarreness i guess but um yeah i mean i think obviously he he saved them for the right movie i think this was the better oh you know like so i think you you mentioned prometheus and about like whether we're just expecting too much or whether chris is i'm kind of in classic steven fashion i'm in between you two <laughs> <laughs> but I think what's different here is I'm like convenient plot devices or kind of like quirky things happening wouldn't bother me in a movie like this because it is framed as being kind of a a fun trippy ride. Like you can tell from the opening credits that like it's not going to be a serious movie. Um, But when you're shortcutting with characters like like the director he wants a certain thing to happen so he's willing to make the characters be just like unbelievably stupid and vapid like like a ninja in this movie pretty much everything he says he's just like a guy repeating the same one note who refuses to learn everything like yo you need to hurt bad guys why do you this guy doesn't want to he doesn't want to kill people i don't give a if he's learning language <laughs> you gotta kill people shoot I, the guy shoot you gotta the, do this like, heist bro you gotta do the heist Let, let's, let's not forget that they were gonna be killed in seven days if they didn't get like a bajillion dollars so but right, still he yeah. he's so i mean it's like sigourney weaver too where like they can't extrapolate even like five percent and realize like oh if i let him learn a lot today this could help me in the long run yeah no <laughs> like and they refuse to do that because neil blancom he, I can't say his name. Blomkamp. 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 Blumpkin. <laughs> yes, that Blumpkin. one. The, the, the slutty Blumpkin. Sure, this, he hasn't the, heard that this before. This movie at all. was a Neil Blumpkin. Oh, <laughs> anyway, zing. We'll we'll just call him Neil. I think <laughs> Neil. It's like Neil B. He he wants to have all of these beats where it's like people misunderstanding and people not knowing how to handle this new technology and chappy being treated unfairly and he wants that to happen so badly that he like totally sacrifices the idea of characters making sense and i think that that bothers me more than things like like the security flaws that jeff canada kept bringing up or things like that <laughs> like like those kind of plot points don't bother me nearly as much as like when it's clear that you just see the director pulling the strings because he needs to get to point b and he doesn't know how to do it yeah yeah i mean i i can see that but i I just feel like the i guess the tone and the energy you create in this movie at least that he created in this movie that's very infectious and gets you in the mindset of these you know like some of these older movies that i mentioned but I, i mean it's something like something like you know that has like a high concept like face off you know like are are you Am I going to watch that movie and say like, oh, well, you know, characters did this and it because it's convenient. You know, there's there's things you could pick apart in that. But I feel like that movie is so well directed um, and it has an energy to it that, like I said, like this movie, it's propulsive. Like it doesn't it takes it out of bland. You know, there's there's a lot of interesting things happening. And 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 like I said, you know, I just I'm really shocked and I'm glad, though, that he was able to stick to his vision and you know someone gave him money to do that because i feel like most people would just be like no this is you know this is crazy um i don't know i just i just feel like that he tapped into 
uh, a mindset that most movies like this are missing these days. Well, let, so let, let, let me say this real fast. I, I, I think that if there, there could be a separate film in which, uh, you know, Deant would uh, discover a sentient robot and try to get it to join their, like, gangster squad and do all sorts of... Like, like there is a film that I would have watched and had no problem with where half of this film existed exactly as it does in this movie and then just with more stuff that keeps that being the center focus of the plot. I My problem is for everything outside that. Like, there was... Like, e- even even the complaints you had, Stephen, about uh, Ninja's character and how, how he seemed one note, I kind of, like... I was kind of fine with with the way he acted because I saw him as being a person in real life who's one note like that. Like I, I saw him mm-hmm. as probably most people see both of them when they watch their music videos. Like they see blackface. He, yeah, blackface. <laughs> um, I I just when I when I when I saw them, they felt authentically ridiculous like that. Like they they just seemed like people who would act like that, would make terrible decisions, would not get the ramifications of the terrible decisions they're making, and, like, would be one note. Like, oh, we got, we, we just got to do these heists. We got to do crimes. Like, that, that's what we want to do. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I didn't, wasn't bothered at all one bit by them. I didn't like them as human beings, but I w- had no problem with stupid decisions they made because that somehow felt authentic to me because I felt those people would make stupid decisions like that yeah and totally i mean they're they're kind of like uh they're kind of like danny mcbride as kenny powers on eastbound and down like he's just such a train wreck and so terrible that you can't really help but you know you can't not watch like you you want to see what happens i feel like that show has a lot in common with this movie actually at least in terms of of uh tone you know the the like the sort of abrasiveness and uh you know might not be for everyone but definitely is there's something there that's very watchable and and i i can't disagree with that i the comparison with east down and down is actually a pretty good one weirdly i never would have thought of that (laughs) Uh, but i guess the thing for me it isn't that it feels inauthentic it's just that I don't know why they are the primary major screen time characters of the movie. Yeah. Like, rather than being kind of wacky comic relief side characters. Yeah. Like, that, that to me makes the, the pacing of the film feel very strange when the people at the reins of it are kind of, like, extremely unpredictable, one-note people. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I mean, there's definitely... I feel like that... Yeah, they, they you know, some of the other characters obviously get the short shrift in terms of screen screen time. But I think that, you know, just like how District 9 was very inherently, uh, you know, South African, I guess. You know, it was very much like, you know, Neil Blomkamp obviously grew up there and it's very much like that's a part of his style. And I feel like this was like another extension of that where, you know, they're showing like the wacky dangerous side, but it's like, they kind of like, they are, you know, I guess they're authentic to that. I don't know. Like, it's just that it all fit. I feel like to have them be the main characters of it. I mean, really the main character is Chappie and he's at the center of it. Mm -hmm. Um, 
I don't know where I'm going with that, but uh, <laughs> I, I do feel like that, yeah, Chappie gets the most screen time, and he's obviously the best character, but I, I don't know. It just, I mean, the whole movie has, like, this very, like, odd flavor to it. It's very much, you know, like I said, it's a singular vision, and I think that having them play those parts is key to that. I think it would, wouldn't work if it if they weren't in it. Anyway. But Chappie, the character, I mean, I think is obviously the glue of the whole movie. And uh, Charlotte's performance as Chappie is is just really awesome. Like, I, I think that he brings a lot of, you know, heart to it for sure. Uh, yeah, I I definitely agree. It just seems like it's like a How to Train Your Dragon where instead of Hiccup, you only have like Jonah Hill over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, you know what? Like you guys have kept bringing up all these uh, analogies for films that it reminds you of, and I think for me, what it reminds me of is Wally. Um, in like mm. Wall- Wally minus Eve is what this film is. It's a film where you have this magnificently brought to life, uh, cute, adorable, uh, childlike robot, which you just want to spend the entire movie watching, and he exists in a world of a bunch of crap happening that doesn't really matter. <laughs> And um, <laughs> much like how I felt about Wally, where I was like the first, four, well, sorry, this isn't a perfect analogy because I thought the first like 45 minutes of Wally was a perfect film and then everything after that was crap. But I, I think in this, there, there's the, the moments you spend with uh, Chappie are, are great. And you see him interact in different ways. You get to see his uh, amazement as he like discovers new things um when he does his paintings um and he does a bunch of different things you get to experience the joy of learning new things from this robot's point of view or the like scariness of him getting involved in things over his head not comprehending what he's doing uh but everything else that's pushing those events forward seems inconsequential and by the end you're kind of just like what what was the through line of this film or was it just a bunch of little isolated moments that he really wanted to see in his film and then put in there. Hmm. I don't know. But I do know that I, d- I did read an interview that, you know, he wasn't going for any sort of, uh, like, political subtext or anything like that, like in District 9. Like, he was clearly just trying to make a fun movie. But it starts, I, I'm kind of surprised because it, it feels so heavy-handed in that kind of like socio-political way. Yeah, it starts yeah. with a news broadcast d- discussing how people believe like one thing about like the oppressive force of the of the robots, and yeah. I don't know. It seems like there is some sort of. It, it, I mean, it's de- it's there's definitely it's definitely there. I think, but it's not like the f- it's not the full theme of it i guess I mean, it's not it's elysium not in, it's not in full yeah, yeah it's exactly not it's not yeah. elysium yeah, that, i mean it's not in full effect really i mean that is, that is one thing to say there are no rich in this film like <laughs> technically that corporation is rich but there isn't like there's no class warfare happening it's everybody in the lower class i mean technically elysium was like wally too <laughs> True. Uh, <laughs> but uh just with skinnier people in the rich ship yeah I I think that uh, I think that because because I feel like District Nine had you know all the the, the metaphors and allegory whatever and all that stuff you know going on, um, but it was also you know it was also just a f- a really fun sci fi movie with a lot of blood and gore and 
and, and also very funny. Like, I think I think Neil Blomkamp is good at comedy because there was a lot of funny stuff in Elysium, I thought, whether it was unintentional or not. Um, I mean, Jodie Foster's accent was hilarious. That <laughs> I, don't was think, probably, I don't think that was intentional. That was obviously not intentional. But um, yeah, like, and I think this movie, too, definitely is more focused on the comedy aspect instead of the, you know, the, the serious stuff. But I mean, I think that his sense of comedy is very wacky and, and dark and, and has that sort of edge that, uh, like I said, is missing from a lot of things. So I appreciate it for that. I appreciate that he likes to make his movies, you know, not these PG 13 safe sort of, four quadrant movies like he wants his movies to be rated r and you know people's heads blowing off and stuff like that like i mean that's the kind of stuff he's into so like i'm i'll fully support that i will say there was a fairly rated r moment of gore in this film that took (laughs) took me quite by surprise yeah i had a good i had a good laugh that whole that whole last action sequence like that big final sequence was just really really awesomely staged and put together like that just I, it was just it was just really great. I had a I got a lot of joy out of that. And as did I. I, I was telling Stephen uh, that uh, that moment with uh, it's in the trailer, too. So this isn't any sort of spoiler. But when Ninja is like down on his knees, just like screaming with his arms out. Yeah. <laughs> like, I love that shot. Just like that. <laughs> it's, it's just epic as hell. I mean, yeah, and, and the the other thing, I mean, this is going back to just being very impressive on a thrifty level, but I mean, obviously, you know, when studios report budgets, it's not, you know, it's always lower than what they say, but uh, I mean, they say that this movie costs $49 million to make, which to me is crazy, because like, I, I feel like it has the same scale and look of a one, you know, $120 million blockbuster movie. I mean, it's the same thing with District 9. It's like I still, you know, go back to that and saying, like, they did it in District 9 for $30 million. Like, why couldn't you do it, you know, in Avengers for 250 So I just feel like that his use of real environments, you know, mixed in with the CGI uh, is just is just really well done. Like, I, I still, like, am in awe every time he decides to, you know, to use cg in a really cool effective way like uh you know i i will always i will always give him credit and props for that like even if something like elysium that you know that he makes like i, I will always you know at least still recommend it on that part because that is still uh stellar for sure yeah yeah i mean like i just i i just it's crazy to me that they made this for 49 million and it's just it looks big as hell like and and just I, I don't know like i i think it's awesome cool well uh i want to get into some spoilers so uh should we just get to our verdicts then for now and then get into get into the spoilers afterwards yeah okay cool uh carson why don't you start us off and uh, let us know if you were going to give this a must see reckon with the caveat wait for rental pass with the caveat or must avoid what would you uh give it uh, well, I'm definitely going to give it a must-see. Uh, you know, personally, it's a total must-see. Uh, I mean, the movie is very, like, it's very punk rock. Like, it's just not afraid to give you the finger and tell you to go f*** yourself. So if you're into that, I guess it's going to be right up your alley. Uh, if you're not, then <laughs> it's, you'll probably be pretty disappointed, you're, like you're, I guess a lot saying, of other people. You're saying if you're into giving it the finger, it'll be right up your alley? 
<laughs> for, for the movie giving you the finger. Oh, okay. Yeah, because um, it, it has an attitude of its own and it's not afraid to, you know, to be that way. Um, yeah, so it's definitely a must-see. Steven? Uh, so I really went back and forth. Like, I even agonized with Chris a little bit about it this weekend. Uh, I think in the end, I've got to give it a a recommend with a caveat. Only because I like I like the ambition and I like the ideas. Uh, I just, I don't think quite enough was there to hold it together, but I still appreciated what he was going for. Uh, for me, I will give it a solid wait for rental. <laughs> um, I, it gets like a little tiny bit of like, basically, I don't think it deserves the straight up hate that it's getting from the internet. Like 20 whatever on Rotten Tomatoes is is kind of sad, especially when we were joking earlier today about um, mocking Jay part whatever, <laughs> like being at like 68% or whatever it's at right yeah, now. Yeah, that's, that's like, dumb. It's criminal that Chappie gets uh, that much of a shaft. As, as I said at the beginning, I think it's more missteps than it is straight up um, crap. But um, I there's just things which I'll get to in spoilers a little bit more that just... It's, it's mostly disappointment for me, and I think there are some cool things about it. Seeing Chappie himself uh, is amazing, so it's it's possibly worth a watch, but no reason to rush out and see it in theaters. I would de- I would definitely say you got to see it on the big screen. Just like I I feel like it's it's made for that. In terms of all like the sound design and and just you know the score and everything to hear that in the theater, I think adds to the experience. At least it did for me. I don't know. No, that's 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 possible. Yeah. I mean, yeah, and I totally agree that I don't know why this has a 28%. I feel like we should should at least be supporting it even though it could be disappointing to you. You know what I mean? Like yeah, and, I, yeah. and and let's let's put it this way. I like a lot of people are like calling Neil Blomkamp like an M Night Shyamalan or something like that. Yeah, that's and, dumb. And this film as much as I didn't as, long, as much as I'm not pro the film Chappie, I'm still pro Neil Blomkamp. I'm still excited for, to see what he does next. I'm fine with him making Alien or whatever version of Aliens that he's making. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I, I would love to see him try to make something else that he cares about, uh, whether or not it's like just regurgitating these same themes that he, he likes to go into. I, I like what he does. I just think that this film was a bunch of missteps. So yeah. I think what you're saying is, he had good ideas, but nothing to weave together. So you hope the next time he has a better weaver. Because Alien, Sigourney Weaver. Yeah, yeah I, I got you. Okay. That, wow. was, that was good. That was LCJ level right there. Oh, oh boy. Uh, well, I, I'm surprised you have, you've gone, how long? We've gone like an hour and you haven't mentioned, uh, you know, your, your Halo movie reference that he should, you know, do that next. Well, the, the, he's never going to get to do it. I mean, I'm... The, I know, but you always make that plea that, that I, it should happen. I always make so. the plea that I want him to make the Halo movie, but I think that until we get... A, until video game movies hit the, uh, the, the, the stride that comic book movies have, are, are now making, I don't... Like, I don't want the first big, super huge budget uh, video game movie to be a Halo movie and then have it bomb because that'll be the end of video game movies... Um, forever i want to see a really amazing uncharted film i want to see a couple of other video game movies and then once it's proof uh it's been proved 
uh, maybe this you know this Aliens movie comes out and it's super awesome, and they're like, hey, Neil Blomkamp, we'll give you the chance to actually make this movie for realsies, mm. and then maybe we get a, a super awesome Halo movie. But I, maybe I, that's what he's yeah. building to. He makes the Alien movie, you know, makes a lot of money, and then they're like, what do you want to do next? He's like, Halo, bitches. Yeah. Well, go ahead and sound like you were gonna say something, Stephen. Nope, just okay. breathing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can say something though. Okay. I'm, I'm going to say it's kind of like uh, like how Pirates of the Caribbean was like a lesser known amusement park ride, and it just opened up the floodgates for all these great amusement park ride movies, <laughs> like Haunted House. Uh, uh, so, so you weren't going to say anything. You just wanted Land. to be a dick. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, well, thank you for that, Stephen. Can't wait for Jungle Cruise. <laughs> Are they making a Jungle Cruise movie? I think they were trying to, but I don't think it's going to happen But Eddie anymore. Murphy didn't want to do it? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. All right. Well, let's close this out, guys, and then get into a hopefully quick spoiler section. So, Carson, if people want to find you throughout the week, where can they do that? Uh, you can find me online somewhere. I don't even remember now. Uh, oh, practicalcandy.wordpress.com. Steven. You can do twitter.com slash sdavidmiller or sdavidmiller.com. Uh, people can find me at christopherinreallife.com or twitter.com slash christopherirl. You can find the podcast over at thespoilerwarning.com where you can get a bunch of the back episodes of the show. If you want to know when the episodes go live, you can follow us at twitter.com slash spoilerwarning or like us at facebook.com slash thespoilerwarning. If you want to get a hold of us directly, you can send an email to fans at thespoilerwarning.com. You can use the contact form on our site. Or you can call and leave us a voicemail at 760-575-4TSW. That's 760-575-4879. Music for this episode will come from uh, word because Enter the Ninja is stuck in my head and it has been for the last, <laughs> last week. So, uh, yeah, that's what we're going to be uh, listening to right now. So hopefully you're enjoying that. That music is going to fade up get stuck in your head a little bit more and then a few moments later it's gonna fade out and when we come back we are gonna have some spoiler territory where we discuss some of the things that we didn't talk about earlier in the episode because they were super spoilery so talk to you guys later All right, guys, we are back. This is spoiler territory. It's the after part of this episode. We're going to be talking full-blown spoilers for Chappie. Uh, if you're listening now, you know, this is your time to jump out before we straight-up spoil moments in this uh, film. But, uh, yeah. So, does anybody remember the point I was making earlier that I was being ambiguous about? <laughs> because uh... now, now I'm drawing a blank. Nope. Um, no. <laughs> Damn I it. mean, I, I remember some things you ranted about before. <laughs> Something uh, about Chappie and, you know, characters. I will say, though, as we're trying to find out what we were going to say, is that uh, I think Chappie would make a really good double feature with Kingsman. Because um, if you watch Kingsman first, it's sort of like the very, like, structured, classy, you know, very British fun movie and then this is like uh a child who's high on vanilla extract and scissorp and uh sort of that kind of fun so go from one extreme to the other you know well it would have been really awesome if colin firth would have shown up to deantward 
in a suit and like tried to make them civilized people um, right while yeah. also training chappy I would, would definitely be, watch a, like My watch Fair that. Lady with Deanne Ford. <laughs> That'd be pretty cool. I think that's the only way to remake that movie. It's <laughs> the only version I want to see now. Yeah. But uh, but before I get into things that bothered me about this film, I do want to say one scene that I really like that was spoileries is, uh, uh, you know, when after after uh, Yolindi or whatever the hell her name is, got shot by like the big ass gun on mm. the, uh, the moose or... The whatever the hell that stupid thing was called. Yeah, the moose. Um, the, the mech warrior. Yeah, the mech warrior. Um, when, when I, I thought it was great when Chappie, like, basically goes after uh, Hugh Jackman and starts just tearing ass through the office building. And, <laughs> because, like, for me, for me, that was the first time that, like, he was, he actually was showing an emotion that wasn't fear or happiness. It was straight up rage. Like, he had spent the whole movie saying he couldn't kill people. And at least for me... I didn't expect him to back down at the very end. Um, I was it, like, it was a very, very threatening. It, it reminded me, it didn't quite have the significance of uh, Baymax going crazy in the middle of uh, Big Hero 6, uh, but <laughs> it did it, it did have like this weight that the rest of the film didn't have. Like it was this very intense, like, I want to make you suffer. I know that you are life. I know that I've taken this oath to not um, kill people, to not do crimes. And I, but right now, I need to teach you a lesson because you took something from me. Something that I've been learning is sacred life and you need to pay for what you did. And it, and it's, and it's this, there's like a very scary, like Terminator aspect to it where he's just like pushing through walls and slamming him around and people are shooting at him and he doesn't care. Like other parts in the film when he's taking damage from gunfire, he's like, Oh shoot, I'm getting shot at. And this, he was just sort of like walking through it in this like really slick, super badass way. And uh, I don't know. I thought that 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 scene was really impactful. Yeah, I I would agree. That that scene was pretty awesome. I, I love the final shot of Hugh Jackman just lying on the ground with like a his knee the other way, his leg <laughs> like facing the other way, and he's just like. Bleh. And I think the Big Hero Six comparison is like right on the money for that too. It really. It, it hits the same idea. I would say about as effectively, maybe. Yeah. Uh, well, the, the, of like you want to see revenge, but then the person realizing that that's not the answer. And like I know that that that's been done to death in movies, but there's something different about seeing like a a childlike character learn it. That uh, I, it, it has some emotional impact. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it was awesome. Right up there with the self-driving car in Hot Tub Time Machine Two. <laughs> Oh, that movie's a thing I forgot. Same level. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, should we talk about the ending of this film, guys? Mm-hmm. Uh, the uh... oh yeah, the ending was awesome. <laughs> I'm not on board for the ending. I'm not on board way. for the ending. So so uh, if you're listening for some reason, you haven't seen the film. What we're talking about here is a transferal of consciousness and or the thing that may or may not be a soul, as characters pondered throughout earlier in the film. Yeah. Um, it's a transcendence prequel. Uh, yeah, it basically is transcendence. Um, <laughs> a lot better version of transcendence. Uh, <laughs> at, at least in transcendence, like they have a theory that they're explaining for how the the transference of consciousness could take place. In this, it's sort of like, no, I just get a helmet that's sort of like the thing they had in transcendence, and it just works because. Uh, I have, totally, I, have, I buy it. Like this new des- desktop screensaver that I have installed on my Sony Vio um, equals <laughs> consciousness. <laughs> 
Um, totally, dude. But but at least it wasn't boring like Transcendence. But but beyond that, what, what, I think the thing I was trying to remember earlier is that they the film establishes a rule and then takes it back literally like thirty seconds later. So in the film, you know the 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 big moment like in in the middle like Chappie's first real understanding that he that uh, his his life is is like not something that is going to be sustained forever. Like when he realizes that he has a fused battery in his chest and it has a finite amount of energy, it apparently can't be charged and uh, he's basically hosed. And he's, he's dealing with uh, you know, mortality, uh, why a creator would build him with a finite amount of lifespan. Um, all these things are like great, like big ideas. And uh, he's like, can't we just go get a bo- another body? Like, like what, what can we do? Um, Daddy has told me that we can just get another body. Can't we do that? And Slumdog is like, sorry, Chappie. We don't know where consciousness comes from. It's impossible to transfer consciousness. Like, you can't, you can't do this. If we remove you from your body, you will cease to be you. And even if we put you in something else, that won't really be you. Like, there, there's no way to do this. So it, it spends like a good couple minutes explaining that this is impossible to do and then immediately just goes, no, 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 we're just going to do that thing that we said is a rule that cannot be done. Like, things like that don't make sense. Like, they manufacture conflict by creating a scenario in which there is some sort of danger, but then they just explain away the danger by saying, because Chappie's really smart now, so he gets past all the things that we didn't think he'd be able to do previously. Like, that kind of stuff bothered the shit out of me in this movie. Um, Let alone the fact that, like, uh, a helmet designed to um, track the, like, neurological signals being fired off in a brain would also track those exact same signals when placed on a machine head. Like... (laughs) Even throwing that out, just the idea that they would like introduce things like there isn't a, uh, there is no power off button. Oh wait, there is, is actually a power off button, but apparently we didn't know about it. Um, in two forms, one in the machine that you can just shut off all the robots and in the gun that you can point at a robot and make it shut off the, uh, you can't transfer consciousness. Wait, you can transfer con- consciousness. And even at the point in the film where Chappie is saying, I don't know if this has worked, he's already copied the, the consciousness of mommy to that USB drive so that it can be a big reveal at the end that they saved her somehow. Like the whole, like setting up something and going back on it just got super frustrating over the course of the film. Not to anybody else. No, I I mean, I'm, I'm right there with you from a like sciencey perspective of wanting things to make sense. Like the, I think the whole ending, like the the final ten minutes of the movie, are just stupid, like balls to the wall, stupid. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm like, it. I I think the whole idea that the guy who created AI somehow can't imagine that you could move it to a different body, I think that's like just ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Um, and all all of these things about how like oh your battery is fused together, therefore it's hopeless, like all way too neat and didn't make much sense. The only difference is for me that that kind of thing can keep me from ever giving a movie like this a must-see, but it doesn't hurt it that much other than that for me. Like, once I acknowledge that that, <laughs> that is just going to be dumb, I, I don't really care that it's not playing by the rules because I feel like it doesn't play by any rules. It's like a very, like Carson said, like a very anarchist movie. <laughs> uh, so well, like, it so- only bothered me in so much as that whole tone of the movie bothered me, but the the details don't really bug me too much. But, but, he- but here's the thing for me is... is- is the individual 
things themselves wouldn't bother me enough, but it's it's the setup for them. So, like, let's say that the whole time they knew that they could back up Chaffee, and the big reveal is that they could they could back up Slumdog. Like that, I would be I'd be fine with in a sense because I'd be like, okay, so like let, 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 so what you do is you'd have a plot where this uh, Genesis dot dat or whatever. Uh, it was that Hugh Jackman installed in the machines. Let's say that that, that virus was preventing them some from transferring uh, Chappie's consciousness, or um, you know, all the machines are offline, so there's no way we can just signal you to something else. We have to, we have to find a working robot to transfer your active. Um, like we can't put you in like flash memory and take you somewhere else. You have to transfer to a live working robot. Come up with any rule, and I'm fine with that. If the big reveal is that like, well, we're going to use this process, and we're going to try to live on the fly, see if we can copy you as you're dying, Mister Slumdog. Like that, that sort of thing, I would be more willing to forgive because it's it's characters in the moment trying to do something to a character that you assume this didn't work for. But like when it's when you're like trying to artificially create reasons why it doesn't work for Chappie and then just take it all back and make it also work for a human being. Like it, it, it starts to, uh, to stretch, um, the, like how, how willing I am to accept it, um, in, in a way that like makes me like, I, I'd be like, like in, in, you know, as we've been saying in Lucy, like I'm fine with stuff being as stupid as hell, whatever's happening in Lucy, I'm fine with because it's not, setting up these stupid rules and then breaking them. It's just like doing stupid shit. Yeah, I'm I, I'm with you there. I, I'm a little like in spite of myself, I'm not that bothered by it. Like this is right up my alley for something I should be pissed off about. <laughs> um, I, w- I will say as long as we're like just picking out things to shit over, which of course there are many as far as like <laughs> a logical plot would be concerned. Uh, I don't want to because I had like too much fun overall to really be doing that. Uh, but one that I couldn't get over was the idea that Chappie, who has connected to the internet and learned all of human knowledge, still also believes that knives put people to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> like he knows everything about everything, and also that knives don't hurt people. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, that, okay, so it so, doesn't make any sense. So, so that that that's the thing I was going to bring up earlier that I was slightly slightly uh, alluding to. So, there is something interesting about uh, you know Ninja convincing him that knives put people to sleep instead of uh, actually killing them. Like that is a little bit ridiculous. But before he downloads on the internet, when he's just taking everything at face value for what people tell him. Um, there, there's something interesting about making this well-meaning robot do something bad and do something like really, really bad to people who are theoretically innocent. Um, and there's a moment where where uh, the officer is suffering on the ground and Chappie's like, are, are you sleeping yet? Are you sleeping yet? And it's my audience sort of responded to it as if it was if it was meant to be played for laughs but i think it's a very like it should have been a very serious moment where he realizes that what he's doing isn't putting them to sleep it's hurting them and more than hurting them it's killing them and there's a moment where you you what you see what i interpreted to be realization through chappie's physicality and the way he's asking questions and stuff that he's realizing what he's doing and then he just goes, sorry, you're not asleep. And then hops in the car to get to do the getaway. And it's like, you're bringing up these moments where 
like his world can once again collapse around him as he realizes that his dad's been lying to him. But instead, you just abandon it the second like there's almost a shred of realization and then you just go oh no we're out of here and then when the dad eventually does betray him and he realizes that his dad has been making him do crimes or when he thinks that slumdog has betrayed him by creating him with a finite lifespan like he's he gets really emotional and upset and like like i'm not going to trust humans again and then a scene later it's as if that never happened like those things bother me more than the sciencey aspects of it it's like literally just the straight up like plot and motivation of of um what is is driving the um the like emotional stakes of the film seem to be just made up and like really really temporary in a way that doesn't make sense to me well you know what they say don't believe everything you read on the internet so when it says that knives kill people don't believe that <laughs> if I, because someone told you they put put people to sleep if an asshole who's only lied to you and left you out in the middle of nowhere a couple times, <laughs> right, he says yeah. knives put people to sleep. He he must be right. But no, I agree. And I think that kind of goes back to what I was saying before, that the science aspects of the movie really don't bother me. The only parts where it does is when it feels like it's betraying the character or my belief in why the character would behave a certain way. Yeah, And I feel like the way that Chappie's mood changes and the trust he puts in people suddenly getting reversed and then reversed again, that that really felt like one of those things of uh, Blomkamp architecting something he wanted to happen without having the finesse to actually make it happen in a logical way. Yeah. And, and, and that does bother me a bit. Like That kind of thing is why I can say on a whole, I, I liked Chappie actually quite a bit. But I don't think it has staying power. Like it, it isn't something that I want to revisit and rethink about. Because while it brought up interesting ideas, like that's all it did. It it brought them up for me to think about. It didn't really say anything <laughs> it in a way it that I want to like look back on and reflect. It pointed at interesting ideas and then yeah, just... it, it threw it threw them out in its you know machine gun of tons <laughs> of things being thrown at me. It was it was like I'm not doing anything with these. Do you want them? Uh Anyways, I think that's all I need to complain about. I just needed to get a little bit more specific about things that I was referencing earlier. So so I think in just finally, my ranking would probably be District 9, still the best, then Chappie, then like way, way, way far down is Elysium. <laughs> I'd say that's probably pretty accurate. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying, I'm not... I don't say I don't know in that I'm trying to push Elysium higher. I just, I need to go back and watch Elysium and then reevaluate that. Because I, I, I feel like I left, I walked out of Elysium the same way I think I sound right now, where I'm like, it wasn't that it was bad. It was just that it was not good and had a bunch of stupid stuff in it. <laughs> like, I, I think, I think the, the narrative plot of Elysium is far stronger than this film. Um, yeah, I just think the the heart of it is non-existent. Yeah, and yeah, the it, heart is kind of what makes me want to like something. Yeah, yeah, no, no that, that's true. I I guess I just care more about narrative. <laughs> but I, yeah, I, I, I go ahead. Yeah, no, because I would argue that Elysium does have a very structured plot, and this movie doesn't. And I I like Chappie because of because of that reason, because it doesn't adhere to like this very structured basic plot, which I think was what you know, is the big, big thing that I did not like about Elysium and the fact that it was like, 
so like overwrought with its you know themes and stuff whereas district nine it felt very cohesive you know it wasn't just like look how they are you know like rich and poor like here it is and here's Jodie foster's accent um <laughs> yeah you know and it just all felt very like i just remember it sitting in the theater going like is this the same person like i don't know but i guess neil blomkamp has fessed up and admitted that it was a uh, that he f***ed up his words quote yeah 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 but i, I so i don't want to I don't want to drag this out too much longer, but I feel like like there's a scene in the trailer, and obviously we're in spoilers, so there's a scene in the movie where um, it's it's right at the end, you know, the moose is on its way, and, you know, our, our buddy Slumdog is standing there, and he's like, Chappie, something is coming right now, and it wants to kill you. Like, that that scene is like at that point Chappie has stabbed people <laughs> and uh, hijacked money from a thing stolen 50 cars like they're they're like it's not one man who is so driven uh, by fear of AI that he's willing to put the lives of other people in danger this is a man in a big mech who's insane shooting at clear criminals who have done bad things like so it, it's they're the I would have loved to see more tight narrative around this idea of the danger of AI or the fear that some people have about AI. Like that would have just made those scenes more interesting as opposed to just like, hey, you know how you just like probably killed four guys and robbed all this shit and there's bad guys here? Well, there's also somebody else who's going to try to kill you too. Like, I don't know. There's something... Something about that that just like makes me sad for how much better that those those scenes could have been if there was real drive behind the actions instead of just like a guy was pissed because people like other robots more than his robots. It definitely doesn't follow the narrative that you think it's going to follow <laughs> from the trailer. Yeah, mm. it definitely goes in like some pretty crazy curveballs. Yeah, which is why I think the trailer is pretty boring. I do agree. The trailer, the trailer felt like a Slumdog Millionaire type trailer to me. It felt so <laughs> like emotional and overwrought. <laughs> I, I like the trailer. So it I was excited for the movie in spite of the trailer for the most part. Yeah, and and it also didn't help that they played this trailer for every single movie, pretty much that I saw from like December to now. I thought for sure like when I went to saw, see Chappie, they were just going to show the Chappie trailer. <laughs> They're like, here you go, just to remind you that this is the movie you're going to watch right now. It's like, oh my gosh. And then they would follow it up with a Broken City trailer. Like, ah, damn it, I thought we were done with this. <laughs> Call back. All right. Well, we done here? Yep. <laughs> Play that Pharrell parody. All right. <laughs> then uh, let's take off, guys. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. And uh, thank you guys for joining me. You're welcome. We are the champions, champions <laughs> of the world. Swish. I can't do ice. Ice is a crime. I promised. <laughs>